At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is not the Huddle Up podcast. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and co-host. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're no longer calling this the Huddle Up podcast. We're going to have to re-merch for everybody. We're calling it the Mile High Huddle podcast because why, Zach? Why are we rebranding the name of our podcast? Well, as you explained to me, there's impersonators out there, a lot of podcasts that are called the Huddle Up Podcast, but we think of ourselves as the flagship podcast of the MHH Network, and so we're the Mile High Huddle Podcast now. I think it makes sense. I think everyone will be supportive. I like the name change personally. I'm happy to announce it to y'all, and uh, let us know what you think. Hopefully, it's thumbs up. The other big reason why is we told you when we relinquished our Wednesday night show that we've been doing for... um, three years now that it would be temporarily less Chad and Zach, but in the long run, you would end up getting more Chad and Zach. Well, we're happy to announce. We're really excited. All right. Starting in July, you're going to get five additional hours of Chad and Zach each and every week on mile high sports radio. All right. We're going to be doing a terrestrial radio show in Denver. And I understand so many of our great listeners and members of this community don't live locally, but it's all good. Broncos country. It is a ge- It's not a geographic location. It is a state of being. You're going to have ways to listen. We're going to make sure that you can listen on demand, but Zach, we're going to be launching a show 2 PM Monday through Friday on Denver Trustful radio mile high sports. It's going to be a gas. And so we're, tr- we're weaving the brand together. We're, we don't want it to be confusing huddle up pot over here. Mile high, high, mile high huddle radio over there it's gonna be one thing yeah super pumped about it and uh now that we can let the cat out of the bag i can say either you're welcome or i'm sorry for five additional hours of chad and zach per week but chad and i are very very pumped to do this we hope you'll uh join us along for the ride and even if you're out of market by the way on twitter there's ways to uh, listen to the uh, station out of market so if you want to find us you can find us we're looking forward to getting started next month and uh yeah pumped it's going to be a guess we're really excited and it's it's a little bit um for some people i think mostly it's the people that are maybe in the biz that might be a little bit confused by it because technically on the blogging side of things and the podcast side of things we compete with mile high sports they're our competitor but terrestrial radio and radio in general not so so we're going to basically be teaming up with mile high sports only in the sense of we're going to be broadcasting a show every single day, every single weekday, starting in July. And Zach, what better year to dip our big toe? We're let's say we're not dipping our big. We're jumping with both feet into radio. Oh yeah. Uh, what better summer? What better you know year to do that than this one, where you've had six seasons of wandering the NFL desert, depredations, losses piling up, but no more. The Denver Broncos. With Russ, they're obsessed with winning, and we're going to be there. To We're going to keep doing our, our podcast every night, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. We're going to be coming to you, the Mile High Huddle podcast, here on YouTube, here on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all that. But we're going to supplement that, Zach, with 
every single weekday at 2 p.m. on Mile High Sports Radio. We're not dipping our toe in. We're belly flopping into the deep end. No doggy paddling, no water wings. We're splashing around in that pool. And that's what Russell Wilson makes us want to do. And Nathaniel Hackett and the culture around the Broncos. Now we'll get into it because the Broncos had their pressers after day one of mandatory minicamp. We wanted to bring you guys that announcement because we've been teasing it for quite a while. But Chad and I are stoked with the capital S to get going next month. Mile High Sports Radio meets Mile High Huddle. We're going to be competing with the big boys of Denver radio right smack dab in the middle of the workday. So those of you who are in Denver and the greater surrounding area, you can look forward to listening to that live. And then everybody else, we're going to be pointing you on how to listen on demand. You're going to basically get one hour per day of additional podcast content. So uh, Mile High Mike, as long as it's you two, the name of the show doesn't matter. That's what we're saying, bro. But see, you're already in the inner sanctum. You're already in the family. So for people that we're going to be reaching on the terrestrial side who maybe have never heard of Mile High Huddle, they're driving in their car, right? They're on their way back from lunch and they turn on Mile High Sports and they hear it's two dudes named Chad and Zach. They don't necessarily, uh, necessarily know about that. So that's why we're going to unify the names and make it easy to connect those dots for people. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. And like I said, any any even at a market fan can still tune in and watch us and uh just know that if you like us in the visual forum, you'll like us even more in the audio-only forum, and we're excited to bring it to you. Definitely, oh, dude, up. we're gonna throw down. It's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. Um, Zach, we can continue to talk about this a little bit as we stretch further into tonight's show, but let's talk about first things first. Today, and thank you, John. Thanks, John. Uh, today, the Denver Broncos convened for mandatory minicamp, and it's really, um, you know, this minicamp punctuates the off-season program like it's after this it's it's over they go on vacation they'll circle back um for a training camp what did you learn from first of all the intensity today skyrocketed i mean it was like it was uh tooth and nail out there i mean they weren't hitting they were, there was no tackling but you could see zach something about it was just amped it was just a kind of a different vibe a different energy there were some casualties to that uptick in intensity Jacob, thank you for the stars. The silent one, Jacob Foster. You are the man, dude. Seriously, thank you, buddy. Tell everybody who uh, came on the came out on the losing end of that intensity. Who got hurt today? Uh, well, first of all, I want to mention a quote from Baron Browning from a few weeks ago, where he said, "With Russell Wilson, every practice is really a game, and that's the level of intensity now in Dove Valley. When they go eleven on elevens for team drills, it really is like a game, and the." The intensity, as Chad said, was definitely uh, ratcheted up a few levels today. I'll get into that in a second. Unfortunately, there was one casualty that we know of so far. All I wanted was no injuries. I crossed my fingers. I knocked wood. Didn't help things. Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver, third-year receiver, carted off the field with an apparent right leg injury. He was down for a substantial amount of time, getting medical attention, eventually carted for further examination. Nathaniel Hackett had no update on his progress. They're still evaluating it. Didn't look good. Uh, Teammates were patting him on the back reportedly. Um, and Hackett said he hopes it's good news because he's done a hell of a job this offseason, Tyree Cleveland has. But usually, Chad, when a cart comes out in practice, not the greatest sign. So we hope for good news for Tyree Cleveland. Absolutely. As for your heart goes out to him, uh, for any player that goes down like that, especially a bubble guy like Tyree, whose spot on this roster in particular was not guaranteed for the Broncos. And again, knocking on wood, but it, if, if it does turn out, Zach, to be the worst-case scenario or even a scenario in which he's going to miss significant time, Broncos are going to be okay because they drafted a new returner by the name of Montreal Washington in the fifth round. And wide receiver is arguably their deepest position. So it's a bummer. We hate to see it. It's part of the game, though. It's part of, you know, when you, when you open up the faucet and that intensity pours out at the level that it did, I mean – it's going to happen. There will be casualties. We hope, though, it's minor. It's more of a bummer for uh, Tyree than it is the Broncos. You know, he, like you said, he is a bubble guy. And even though he was usurped on the wide receiver depth chart, he was really making waves on special teams. And Dwayne Stukes singled him out specifically and said, There's two guys that are core special teamers. He said this in April. Aaron Patrick and Tyree Cleveland. So it sucks for him to lose that opportunity. And as I wrote in the story today, any extended absence would likely torpedo his odds of making the 53 man roster. But for the Broncos, it's 
what do you say, Chad? Water off a duck's back? I mean, really, <laughs> if they can withstand a loss at any position, it's wide receiver. They have guys like Seth Williams. They have guys like Travis Fulgham they're high on. Uh, they have Kendall Hinton who's making plays and OTAs. So it sucks for Tyree, but for the Broncos – they can move forward still. Yeah, that's a that's a Mark Jensenism. My dad, that's one of his little phrases. Water off a duck's back. The goat. Uh, Phil McLaughlin, thank you, buddy. Mark Jensen. Really appreciate. <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. Heck? That was weird. Um. Anyway, <laughs> we we appreciate you, Phil. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to have our uh, what we do. It's going to be reach. It's on a different platform. It's going to be radio. But at the end of the day, one of the things that made it kind of a no-brainer for Zach and I is it's the same thing we are doing every day. It's no problem. It's no big change. It's other than committing the time to it, which, you know, hey, if your show starts at 2 p.m. on terrestrial radio, you can't be showing up at 2.15, you know, like some podcast on the MHH network just has this terrible habit of doing. We'll be there. We'll be there. Sharp trust. We will be. But it's uh, basically just us doing our thing um, middle of the day. We wanted to start with one hour just because of the time commitment, because we're already so busy with what we do with Mile High Huddle from writing and editing articles, making videos, doing the podcast. It's a full-time consuming gig for Zach and myself. And so we wanted to start with an hour, but if it ends up being something that uh, we really, really like and enjoy and we can see the benefit, we could potentially increase that every single day and thank you glp you demand looking forward to your new show he says thank you buddy we do appreciate that bro listen man i can talk freaking broncos in my sleep and i'm pretty sure i have there's veritable evidence for that so uh, it's an hour a day that we get to talk more broncos football you and i get to hang out chad for an extra hour a day i'm looking forward to it hopefully you guys will tune in and like the uh, product as well it's gonna be dope speaking of dope we've got kenny booker started as a super chat superstar became a staff writer then he had to resign as a staff writer at Mile High Huddle because he's got some big things going on with his first, with his career, which I'm not going to, a lot of people know what Kenny does, but still, we're stoked that Kenny sticks around. He's still contributing to the conversation. He's even throwing down super chats. He's right or die. We, we love you. We miss you. Um, we're glad we get a chance to catch up with you, though, in these podcasts, buddy. He says, what is Wilson's chance of winning MVP? And what do his stats have to be to win? I'm saying 33% chance, and he will need 42 tutties and eight picks. What say you, Zach? I don't know. When you play in a league with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, these guys were machines. And it's more so what is the Broncos record than just Wilson stats. Because if the Broncos go 15-2, and two, but Wilson has those numbers, he probably has a pretty good shot. But if they go 11-6 and six and he has those numbers, well, it's not going to look too uh, favorably for him. I don't know. I think 33% is a good odd for Russell Wilson because it's not, you know, the expected, it's not the probability that he's going to win MVP because I don't expect him to win that award. A lot would have to go right. But 42 touchdowns and eight picks, that will for sure get him into the conversation. And Chad, I'm going to sign up for that all day, every day. 42 and eight, that ratio, it's a lot of winning football for the Broncos. MVP or no MVP, I'll take it. Dude, his weapons... You know, he's had some talent at different periods uh, in Seattle. He's never had the supporting cast offensively around him as a quarterback that he has now in Denver. As you can see here, now this is a couple of weeks old news, so the the, the odds may have uh, fluctuated a little bit according to SI gambling. But when it comes to the MVP race, Wilson tied with Matthew Stafford at plus 1,400 odds for the seventh best odds of winning MVP. It would be quite the feat for Wilson as he has never uh, won the MVP over his 10-year career despite being selected to the Pro Bowl in all but one season and leading his team to the playoffs in eight of them. So 33%, mm, I don't think he has a 33% chance of winning MVP. Like I think that's, I would say it's more like 20% chance. But, what those numbers that you dropped there, KB, I think that's right in the pocket of what it's going to take. And, you know, the storylines are going to be so pervasive this year, Zach. I mean, as evidenced by NFL wants to see if this is going to work as evidenced by their five NFL pr- or primetime games on the, on the schedule um, this year. So if he, uh, if he can make some hay and I think he will that MVP cachet, 
I think he will be able to build on that and perhaps for the first time in his what many call a Hall of future Hall of Fame career, he might be able to put that on his resume. And three nationally televised preseason games. Yeah. He came out today from NFL Network. So the Broncos are back. The Broncos are relevant again. And just the fact that we're talking about a Broncos quarterback maybe being in the MVP discussion, that gives me goosebumps, let alone him actually winning the award. So if he even comes close, if he's in the conversation, I'll be very happy. The Broncos will be winning football games and it'll all be a Merry Christmas. Hey, Big Kev, big congrats to you, my friend. I'm not going to spill the beans on everything, but since we are connected on Facebook, you've had some really cool life changes of late, and congrats to you, my friend, and thank you for the super chat. He says, do you think we trade Bradley Chubb midseason, Zach, if the other edge guys hold their own? Uh, talk Cecil Lammy, for example, he's saying the Broncos – are going to be sending edge rushers in waves that they're deeper at edge than people realize. It's not just Randy Gregory, who was out there today in a hoodie, um, no still sling. recovering. No sling. Still recovering from his offseason shoulder surgery. But it's not just Gregory. It's not just Chubb, Zach. It's Malik Reed, who maybe we sleep on a little too much. It's Nick Benito. It's Baron Browning running with the twos. So, and up to this point, you know, like Garrett Bowles, for example, they were giving him heck today. They wasn't, he wasn't looking so good as Russ's blindside protector, for what it's worth. Yeah, there's a surprise there. Uh, also, Jay Coop, Jonathan Cooper off the edge. The Broncos do have waves and waves, but I don't think any of those guys are worthy of stepping into a starting role. And the question about trading Chubb, what are you trading him for at midseason? What are you really going to get except for a salary dump because he's on his fifth-year option? And if he's playing well enough to warrant a value draft pick, then just keep him on the roster. Let him play out uh, this season, help the Broncos defense, get to the quarterback. I agree. You can never have too many pass rushers. I poo-pooed the Nick Benito selection, but Gregory's out for now. Uh, Jonathan Cooper's down for now. They need these guys. And Bradley Chubb, it would behoove Denver for him to play out the year, him to go back to that 2018 rookie form because it's going to help Ajiro Evero's defense uh, help the Broncos win some football games. Um, real quick, Zach, it was quite interesting to hear that from Nathaniel Hackett, one of the biggest surprises so far since he's been head coach is Dalton Reisner. Today he said, quote, Reisner has been another one who's been an absolute unbelievable surprise. We brought this whole system into this organization, this outside zone world, and it hadn't been that way before. He has really bought in, and he's doing a fine job running off the ball, and he's great in pass protection. He's done a really good job, and I'm really excited about where he's at, close quote. And then, Zach, it would seem the Broncos have their swing guard. Natani Muti, what has you? What has he liked about Muti? Quote, he's doing a really good job. He's running off the ball, and he's big. He's a big, strong interior lineman. I love that he does some great celebrations, too, whenever we get tutties. Those have been showing up. He's picked it up really well. He's been a big surprise for us throughout this whole offseason, and I'm excited to see him keep rolling, close quote. So, Zach, they were sleeping on Moody a little bit. Obviously, they weren't sleeping so much on Reisner as he is a three-year incumbent starter at left guard, but sounds like this uh, interior, and even Lloyd Cushenberry got huge props today from Russell Wilson. Guys, no one else is starting at center besides Lloyd Cushenberry, barring an injury, based on what Russ said. Like, Russ is deciding that, no, 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 not the O-line coach. Butch Barry, you're not deciding who's snapping me the ball. It's going to be Lloyd Cushenberry. We can go over that here in a minute. A lot of you guys disagreed or yelled at us, and we were the podcast that first brought up last season, or the season before maybe, that maybe Mike Munchak's not this offensive line guru, and his scheme is not cut out for the players that are starting on the offensive line. Because the word that jumped out to me there, Chad, was surprise. Nathaniel Hackett went into the offseason, took the team over, hired Butch Berry, and he's surprised that Dalton Reisner and Atani Muti, guys from the previous regime, holdovers from a different system, have excelled in this system. All along, we said, don't discount Lloyd Cushenberry, don't discount the incumbents, Natani Muti being the swing guy, Butch Berry's influence and what he's bringing, the different wide zone, more athletic kind of scheme that they're looking to key on. It's going to help out the Broncos players that were in the wrong scheme last year. So I like the fact that they're surprised because it, in a way, proves us right, Chad. We like being right on this podcast. 
Rick, appreciate you, buddy. He says, I think YouTube's algorithm, even though this comment comes from the Facebook side, for getting me into your channel, never regretted it. That's very cool. The algo bots giveth. Sometimes they taketh away, but in Rick's case, they giveth, and we're stoked. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, should we talk about what Russ said about Lloyd Cushenberry specifically? People are probably going like, wait, what, what was said here? Um, let me see if I can find the quote quickly. Um, here we go. So he's talking about how he defines trust, and I'll, I'll pull it up so you guys can can see this a little bit some scratch and sniff that's how what we like to do on this podcast make sure you guys are seeing what we see how he defines trust and he goes into talking about the off-season throwing sessions right after the trade was uh, officially consummated in san diego and guys like dalton reisner and garrett bowles uh, showing up and whatnot and then he talks about the rest of the guys kush kush came down to california san diego with all the receivers and was snapping Every day, this guy has probably snapped 800 snaps, maybe more within that little period of time that built trust. It's effortless with me and him. I think what's really fundamental about trust is number one, are you putting the work in? Number two, are you at the right place at the right time? And I think number three is, will you do whatever it takes to win? You do whatever it takes to win. I think that's really, really critical. But Zach, talking about him. Uh, it being effortless and that he trusts Lloyd barring an injury. Lloyd Cushenberry is your starting center this year because he's trustworthy. He's deserving of that trust because he played, I know as a rookie, he played all uh, offensive snaps hundred yep. percent. Was it the same thing in, in year two? I want to say he missed some snaps in year two, but I, I'll double check that. It was high nineties though. 98, yes. 97% of offensive oh, yes. snaps. So he's reliable. And who's his challenger for center Graham Glasgow coming off yep. a broken ankle or and ligament damage. No, it was always going to be cushion to start off. They might make a change if he struggles during the season, but y'all clown cushion And we're saying for weeks now, since Butch Barry got hired, give him some time. Let him acclimate. I think the scheme is better for his abilities. He showed a lot of promise, a lot of improvement last year from a rookie, and he did so under Pat Shermer and with Vic Fangio, uh, Vic Fangio uh, Drew Locke, and Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. That's a hard position to succeed in, and I think Russell Wilson being his quarterback now, Nathaniel Hackett being his coach now, Butch Barry as well, is going to do him a world of good. I keep forgetting that on this new desktop device, I don't have touch screen, which is a huge bummer. I hate, we hate it to quote Gollum. Um, here is some information on Lloyd. All right. He's going into his third year and he has started all, says 32 games played with the Broncos. So there were 33 though, right? Because 16 year one, 17 year two. Started all 16 games played for Denver in 2021. So he missed one. Logging the most snaps, 1,039, among the team's entire offense. And then it says here, opened all 16 games for Denver as a rookie in 2020 and was one of two rookies, which includes Tampa Bay's Tristan Wirfs, in the NFL that played 100% of their team's offensive snaps. So last thing, Lloyd became the first Broncos center and just the third center in the last five seasons to start all 16 of his team's games as a rookie. So, Hey, you know, he got some time on task. Do I think Lloyd Cushenberry has, is the perfect center? No, he still needs to um, get stronger. I do feel like this maybe caters to his skill set a little bit more. Cause he is, I don't want to call him a, you know, he's not soft, but he is a little bit more of a finesse type center. So the zone scheme is on one hand that could really cater to his skill set and his strengths, on the other hand, I'm not 100% convinced yet that he is a fly off the ball, you know, that he's got the, the short areas twitchy and, and just kind of the athleticism to shine. But obviously the Broncos think he is and has those traits and so far so good in terms of really uh, ingratiating himself with the team's new franchise quarterback. So I'm not going to sleep on, I'm going to trust that if Russell Wilson is saying, this is my guy, then he's the guy. 
Listen, I respect Cushenberry for coming to his passing camp, Russell Wilson, two weeks after he was dealt to the Broncos. You know, you contrast that. I'm, I'm going to get called out in the comments, but you contrast that with players like Melvin Gordon, who played college ball with Russell Wilson, didn't want to show up for voluntary work. It means Cushenberry wants to get better, and I think that really impressed Russell Wilson. It showed him that he's as tenacious about the game as Wilson is, and he wants to win and get better. And you can't have pro bowlers and all pros at every position, Chad. You know, that's yeah. the nature of the, of the beast. I, but I feel like if, if Billy Turner can get a starting opportunity at right tackle, then Cushenberry should get an opportunity at center. It's only fair. Absolutely. And, yeah, you can't have pro bowlers at every single position, but guess what? I'm going to promise you something right now. Because of Russell Wilson – you're going to have many more. I'm going to say the floor is double the number of pro bowlers the Broncos have had over the last two years combined this year. At least that's what I'm seeing. I mean, that might be two orange glasses, but who made the pro bowl for Denver last year? Did anybody? I'm trying to remember. Weren't they snubbed in the pro bowl this last year? Pretty sure. It wasn't Simmons, was it? No, hold up. Hold up now. Now, now I got to make sure I'm not stirring anybody wrong here. Hold on, hold on. I know PS2 was snubbed for sure. Okay, so no, he was second team All Pro. Nobody made Pro Bowl last year for the Denver Broncos. There were m- multiple alternates, zero selections. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure. I'm almost certain. Year prior, you had Simmons making it. You had, uh, let's see, 2020. I think they ended up with two in the sure, game right? itself. Huh? Was it Chubb? Chubb, 2020, yes. Though Chubb didn't play because he got hurt at the end of the year with that ankle. But anyway, I'm telling you, four four Pro Bowlers this year, that's that's the floor. Uh, Tyree says, I'm okay, everybody. MRI came back good. I appreciate y'all. So I'm sure we'll get a little bit more specific update from Coach Hackett tomorrow. We will hear from Coach Hackett. Uh, So that's good news. Um, Thank you, Mr. Producer. Tom, uh, Tim Hoffman jumping in with some big boy stars, dude. Thank you, bro. Thank Tim, you. it's so great to have you in the chat and as a part of this community. We love you, big dog. He says, I can't wait to see all these new pieces in this entire organization. I'm so stoked for this season. Go Broncos and keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, bro. And in case you guys missed it, we broached this subject at the very tippity top of the show, but uh, we are launching a new terrestrial radio show, Mile High Huddle Radio on Mile High Sports in Denver starting in July. If you want a little more info on that, when this stream is over, rewind it to the top of the show and you'll hear us talk about that. But uh, anyway, for those of you who have kind of um, filtered in as we got going here, that's what's up. But Tim, Zach, throwing down for us. We just, Tim's so consistent. Whenever he comes in, dude, he's helping us keep the lights on. Yeah, Tim's great. Thank you so much, Tim, for your contributions, as always. And uh, anyone wondering who came in late, who got carted off, that was Tyree Cleveland. And as we just showed, Tyree says the MRI that he took came back negative. He should be good. I would shut him down for sure. They have two more practices until a five-week break until training camp. I think he's done until then. But uh, it's good news, the best news possible. The producer is confirming no Bronco Pro Bowlers last year. That's about to change. That's going to change in a big, bad way. Um, Savage Boy Kev jumping in on Twitch. We try to get at least one Twitch comment question in on each stream. Good to see you, Kev. He says, do we see Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson getting the most snaps this year? Or is it going to be Simmons and Caden Stearns? Or maybe even Simmons and Demarius? uh, uh, Not Demarion. What is it? Yeah, Mathis. Um, Zach, what's, what's your answer for Kev? Well, Mathis is a corner, so I don't think he's going to play much safety. Uh, it's probably going to be K-Jack, considering he's going to play on base, uh, running downs. They really, really like some Kareem Jackson around the Valley. The players, okay. the coaches, they love K-Jack TV and K-Jack on the field. So I'm going to venture a guess and say Simmons and K-Jack, because, Chad, to me, if Evero, who was a former secondary coach, if if he was ready to give Caden Stearns the lion's share of starting safety snaps, then they wouldn't have brought back K-Jack. They already had Jamar Johnson as a backup. They had P.J. Locke showing out this offseason. They didn't need to bring back K-Jack, but the fact that they did leads me to believe that he's in for a uh, significant role. And anytime they talk about the defense, the first two names, when I say they, I'm talking about Hackett, I guess. Uh, The first two names that 
come up are Simmons and Jackson. Jackson is very front of brain for this team, but he is long in the tooth, you know, so you don't know what role health or an age is going to play in Kareem's um, 22 uh, campaign. But on the subject of Damari Mathis, this is from Eric Trickles, uh, finding Broncos scouting report on Mathis. All right. Leading up to the draft. He says here that he is a, a reliable tackler. He's only missed 10 tackle attempts in three years. Calls him a, College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Uh, has good versatility to be a nickel DB. Also could play some safety. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what role the Broncos ultimately have in store for Mathis. But the last thing I want to quote here from Trickle is Mathis is a versatile defensive back that can play a deep safety role in the slot, the box and the boundary where he finds a lasting position in the NFL will largely depend on the team and the scheme that he finds himself in, because this is of course written before any, he knew that he was going to be a Bronco. However, having that versatility will still be valuable for every team. So I don't know, Zach, he'll probably play some corner, He'll probably play a little bit of, you know, nickel. He'll probably play a little bit of dimebacker, depending on just how good he he sh- turns out to be as a rookie. Man, I'm just a lowly blogger, but I wouldn't uh, have him wear multiple hats as a rookie. What they're doing to Baron Browning now, I would have him focus at nickel cornerback if they can, because after Kwan Williams, who do you really have as a nickel coming up kind of guy, a young prospect? You have what is saying Bassey? Bassey coming That's off it. an injury, he's not very reliable. You know, Jaquan McMillian, a UDFA. You need another guy to step up. So they drafted him. They like him. He was a great value pick in the fourth round. Keep him at nickel, though. Let him learn one spot. Let him thrive there. It can only behoove the Broncos playing in the West chat specifically to have two really good nickel cornerbacks. True. Absolutely. D Porter jumping in. Thank you, buddy, for the very, very generous super chat, my friend. He says, hey, MHH, just stopping by to show my support. Love your channel. Keep up the great work. Appreciate that, brother. Seriously. It means a lot to us. Uh, but what's D stand for? Should we just call you D? I don't know. D? I, I'd we'll say, call you D. I'd say DP, but it's a family. We'll, friendly, call, family we'll call you D. How's how's that? We'll call you D. Good to see you, bro. Thank you for swinging in. Um, all right, Zach. On the subject of, whoop, I got to go back to uh, the comments or the quotes uh, from today's presser. Um, Eric Tomlinson also hurt. People are wondering because I titled on the thumbnail on YouTube and Facebook, people are seeing that there were injuries and whatnot. Uh, Today, Coach Hackett said on free agent tight end, the Broncos signed earlier this spring, Eric Tomlinson, quote, just another precautionary thing. He was held out of practice. We have a couple of guys we want to make sure are taking care of that and that they're ready for when we get back. On in on the subject of what's wrong with Tomlinson, he was vague, but he did say just a lower extremity thing that we're working through. Now, Zach, do you see wow. a lot I'm of the sure. guys? Yeah, yeah. Some things never change, right? Um, but a lot of the dudes at MHH, and it makes sense, like r- reading a lot of the um, roster profile stuff that Eric is publishing and whatnot, that Tomlinson was brought in more to kind of compete with Andrew Beck as a fullback slash tight end, not necessarily pure tight end because he's such a good blocker. If he's banged up for minicamp, look, it's probably they're just being precautious. And by the time you get to training camp, he's probably going to be fine. But does this give an edge to Andrew Beck? Personally, I can do without both Beck and uh, Tomlinson. You have Eric Saubert. You have uh, Greg Dulcich, who you drafted. You have Alberto, who's a breakout candidate. You don't need many more tight ends beyond that. I I would pick one, and I would pick the guy that can stay healthy. So if they're both good blockers, all else being equal, I want the guy that's going to be available, the guy on the field. I don't know what's going on with Tomlinson. The thing about Hackett I've learned so far, Chad, when it comes to injuries, he's extremely vague. He doesn't give much information at all. Sounds minor, probably be shut down until training camp, but how many blocking tight ends do you need, really? It's either Saubert or Tomlinson for me. So on the subject of Melvin Gordon, who you know we got to really hear from for the first time since being re-signed, uh, Hackett on how he has integrated himself into the team. Melvin Gordon, Hackett, quote, 
great. He's been in and out a little bit, so we have gotten to see him. He's got a great smile. I don't know how that's going to serve the Broncos, but and he's always excited and happy to be here. We're excited to put him in there and watch him roll. Well, how does he fit into what you're doing on offense, Coach? Quote, very well. He's a spectacular running back, and he's been a great running back in this league for a long time. You can't have too many good running backs. He's a powerful runner downhill, and at the same time, he has the speed to be able to stretch it in the outside zone. We're very happy to have him and happy to integrate him in, close quote. So, Zach, it sounds like uh, Melvin is already uh, making his presence felt a little bit. You know, Javante kind of snapped back to reality here. I got I got to fend off the veteran. Great smile, but pretty crappy fingers. Can't hold on to a football. Notice Hackett didn't mention that. I, I don't, you know, I, he's an offensive player. You know, he's a former pro bowler. Melvin Gordon has name cachet, but to me, when you have a player like Javante Williams, even Mike Boone today making plays at minicamp out in space, I don't know that you need a quote-unquote spectacular running back like Melvin, but more so that jumped out to me was that he said integrate. And integrate to me is a synonym for role player you know, committee approach, you know, you're the 1B to Javante's 1A. We'll see how that shakes out. But, Chad, as we'll talk about, Melvin's not taking this, as he says, lying down. Yes. I wanted to get into some uh, Gordon quotes. In fact, let's – let's. Uh, I'll be well, writing now this that... coming soon to MileHeidel.com. Yes. Um, I'm trying to see here. Okay, here he, here he goes on having to compete for the starting job. Quote, I told George Payton – when I was at the table, I told him, I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to lay down, man. I've always had the mindset that I have to go get it and that they're bringing someone in here to take your job. I know a lot of people are wanting me to take a backseat. I get it. It's been like that for a while. It was like that when I was with the Chargers. Everybody wanted Austin Eckler to start. I just come out here and do my thing. Thanks for the motivation, everybody. So, we can get into more of that, but it's it, he was quite effusive with his remarks on that particular subject. Zach. He's not going to lay down. Sounds a little defensive to me, and mm -hmm. I, I guess I would be too. You know, I'm I'm, a, I'm getting to be over the hill if I'm Melvin Gordon. Obviously, I think my prime is in the past now. We have this young stud on the roster named Javante Pookie Williams, and uh, they brought me back late in the process. I'm on a one-year prove-it deal. I guess I would be like Melvin Gordon too, but – uh, it's, it's going to be Javante's job by default, I think, because when they give him the first carry, Chad, and Javante takes that first carry and breaks three tackles and runs for a first down, how do you take that guy off the field? How do you turn back to last year when you make it 50-50? You just can't do it. You can't. Another thing I want to touch on here is Melvin goes back a little bit with Russ because they both hail from Wisconsin right? The Badgers and whatnot. And they were kind of two ships in the night in terms of Russ leaving about the time Melvin's Gordon's star started to burn uh, in Wisconsin. But um, he, this isn't going to be the first time he's been around Russ. So he was asked today, Melvin Gordon, about Wilson's presence and the leadership he brings. And he dropped a little anecdote that I think was quite interesting because you've heard us talk about, and this was something brought to our attention, by Kim Becker, shout out, beckoning the Broncos Wednesday mornings. Uh, Wilson's neutral mindset, meaning he's never going to show, he's never going to display body language that's too high, too happy-go-lucky, too exuberant, nor too low when things are bad. So keep that in mind. Here's what Gordon said, quote, on what presence and leadership Russ brings, quote, just that winner's mindset. He's always been like that. The first time I met him, when he came to Wisconsin, I was like, man, he just has that winner's aura. He just carried it with him. That's just how he is. I was talking to him today, and I said, man, Russ, you're quiet. You're going to smile a little bit? And he said, man, I'm just focused. And I said, okay, uh, if that's how you're going to go about it, that's how we're going to do it. He's tapped in. He's always been like that, and we kind of need that leader around, close quote. So, you know, to me, dude, this is – I love it, man. Look, we might be boys. We might go back a little bit, but I'm not trying to crack jokes right now. I'm Russell Wilson. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this year. I'm locked in. I mean, that's like almost militant. When you hear him talk about being obsessed with winning, now you're starting to kind of get an inkling of that. I mean, the dude was at Dartmouth giving a keynote uh, 
address yesterday to the graduating class at Dartmouth. And then he's showing up today, of course, for mandatory minicamp, throwing down, not even going to crack a joke, smile even for his homeboy that he's known for 10 plus years because he's locked in or as Melvin put it, you know, he's, uh, wait, what was it? What, what was it exactly? He said he's tapped him, tapped him. I find it <laughs> highly telling that Melvin Gordon is surprised what a leader looks like. You know, he's surprised what a leader looks like leading the team. He's focused, laser focused, tapped in, locked in, whatever word expression you want to use. That's what Russell Wilson is. I would like for Melvin to follow the same example in the backfield, but what do we have, Chad? I'm not laying down. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take this lying down. Now I remember that's right, Darren. So I'll remember that Darren Porter. I'm Naja's buddy. Okay. Darren, good to know, big dog. Jacob throwing down some serious stars tonight. The silent one, as his nickname was coined by Broncos for Breakfast. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate that, buddy. Means a lot to us. Good to see you. And speak of the devil, Naj in the house. Very generous super chat. Love you, bro. He says, hey, brothers, I think it's great having Gordon back. The fumbles are brutal, but he does have a knack for getting in the end zone. True. And he has a solid receiving threat. Javante starts, but I think both will be relied on heavily. Yeah, so Zach, that is something that we need to address. I mean, it's not like Melvin Gordon's some schlub. We have clowned on him for his DUI, which was the charges were dropped on that, if I'm remembering right. right. Eventually, like two or three months later, it was either dropped or reduced to something different. Anyway, uh, then he, you know, inopportune fumbles, too many, but. The dude does have, when you get inside the 20, he does have a really good nose for the end zone. How much of that, and when he says, I think Javante starts, but both are to be relied on heavily, what's your take? I just think it's funny. You know, he was arrested, he fumbles, but, you know, he's still a pretty good running back. I, I don't know. It's less about Melvin Gordon and more about Javante Williams. And I, maybe I'm just that big of a Williams fan, but when you have a player like that, I know it's not a one running back league anymore. You need another guy, but you had another guy. You had Mike Boone. You had Demarie Crockett. Um, and the receiving thing, that's a false narrative because, Chad, Javante had more catches last year as a True. rookie than Melvin Gordon did, and that's Melvin Gordon's calling card. So yep. really, aside from depth, I'll ask this question once more. I'll ask it the entire season. If not for depth, what is the reason that Melvin Gordon is around? Answer me that. Riddle me that. Well, and even though he's taken a significant pay cut, he's still making enough money that the Broncos aren't just going to let him languish on the sideline. Like he's not just here to watch Javante play ball. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Javante uh, is going to be the bell cow, which I think if the Broncos were wise, they would try and start kind of steering it in that direction. But I think Zach, the reason Melvin Gordon came, the Broncos brought him back was a small misgiving. And when I say small, I really do mean that a small misgiving about Javante's immediate taking to the wide zone scheme. Whereas they know from Melvin Gordon's past that that's going to be no problem. He's succeeded in that kind of a situation before. So it's kind of their hedge and it's a relatively expensive hedge. When you, when you think about it, I don't think it's going to be a problem for Javante, the wide zone. It's going to take some time on tasks, but that dude is so smart, so instinctive, so explosive, powerful, talented. I mean, that can, can't can be denied. So he's going to see the field predominantly, but Melvin Gordon is going to be more than just a dude high-fiving him when he comes off the field, you know, after a tutty or, you know, change of possession. He's going to be involved. I just, I just wonder at this stage what the ratio is going to be in terms of touch um, the lion's share. Yeah, it's not going to be 80-20 or 90-10. I can definitely see 60-40. I'd prefer 65-35. But you bring up one reason why Gordon was brought back, but that one reason, Chad, is hypothetical, theoretical. We don't know if Pookie Williams is going to struggle in the wide zone scheme. Maybe he's a pro bowler in this game. We don't know yet. And again, I asked this question, and we got one answer already from Jeremy Sean, 17-game season. That's depth. Again, though, if not for depth, what is the reason why Melvin Gordon specifically had to come back and be Javante Williams' backup? There is no reason for it. And you know what? The fact that he said he told George Payton, I'm not lying down, would suggest to me that George Payton told him or assumed he was going to lie down. It wanted him to take a back seat. Wanted him to be that one beat of Pookie. And uh, Melvin got kind of defensive about it. Not that I blame him, but he did in that press conference. Uh, really quick, before I forget it, uh, 
We were talking about Damari Mathis, the rookie fourth-round defensive back, earlier. Ronald Darby, the Broncos' starting um, complement to Patrick Sertan. What are your early impressions of Damari Mathis? And here's what Darby said, quote, I like him a lot. He's real athletic. He can run, and he's willing to learn. He's good, a really good player. Now, for what it's worth, Zach, Darby is not um, – you don't ever have to worry about diarrhea of the from the mouth from from Ronald Darby. He's pretty circumspect. He kind of keeps it two three sentences, kind of like Sertan, to be honest with you. Very short to the point, etc. But still praising the rookie, not necessarily in any meaningful way that we can read into, but saying that he's working hard, he's a good learner, that he's going to be good. He is good. So that's that's a positive uh, harbinger. There's not too much to glean at this point yet. At least let training camp at the preseason whiz by, and then we'll have more film on Damari Mathis. But I I've, I look at him like this year's version, the cornerback version of Caden Stearns. The top reserve coming off the bench, he won't play starter snaps, but he's going to see a, a fair amount of work on defense. I just hope they train him to be, in year one at least, the backup to Kwan Williams or work in conjunction with Williams because he's injury prone too like Bryce Callahan was as a slot cornerback. He has a pretty big injury jacket, and who's stepping up in his place? They don't have anyone except for a saying Bassey. I would like that guy to be Damari Mathis, at least as a rookie. Let's not put too much on his plate. They didn't draft him to start, which is the good thing, Chad, as a fourth rounder. He's not having to come in and be a starting number one, starting number two cornerback, or even a nickel cornerback. But if they develop him the right way and don't make him you know, the Baron Browning of this season, learning two positions, I think it'll behoove him and the defense a lot better. By the way, Naj, I hope you bring Darren with you to the to the meet and greet week three. Bring Darren. Bring Porter with you. We'll uh, we'll make it a party. Uh, okay, where are we at? We're at forty five minutes. We got a little bit of time left, but we're starting to kind of close in on some of the the key talking points I wanted to get to tonight. Zach, here's one that I thought was interesting from uh, Darby. One last thing he said that I think is noteworthy on how Russ is able to do as much as he does on and off the field. This was something Troy Rank of Denver seven kept bringing up to everybody at the podium today uh, is how is Russ able to, you know, do so much stuff in terms of, you know, one day he's jet setting over here. The next day he's doing the commencement speech or whatever at Dartmouth. And then today he's here just, you know, laser focused. How does he do that? So much stuff off the field and still be successful. Here's what Darby said, quote, he puts the time in. You've probably seen him doing this and that, but he puts the time in while in the building. He gets here early, leaves late, grabs guys out of the locker room to watch extra film and goes over practice before we have meetings. He does a lot. So a lot of that, what I'm hearing, dude, no surprise, I'm having flashbacks to players talking about Peyton Manning circa 12 through 15. Yeah, it's just like that. I mean, with star quarterback comes star responsibilities off the field. Ad, you know, um, sponsors, advertisements, commercials, commencement addresses. You know, he's married to a, uh, a an entertainment superstar in Sierra, so they're always going to be under the microscope. But it's always a positive thing Wilson's doing off the field. Before the trade was even official, Chad, where was he? At a bar? No. In a club? No. He was at a children's hospital in, in Denver. I, the guy is just a winner on and off the field. And if there's one guy that you would trust to never get in trouble, to always do the right thing, to be quote-unquote corny, which I don't see him see him as being, it's Russell Wilson. The guy is just a winner, a consummate pro in all aspects of life. I think he's a little bit of a cheese ball, but it's a – It's a good it's a, cheese, um, though. It's a, yeah, I mean it's it's not fondue it's like, where you're scared if someone else has dipped their finger in the cheese so you stay away. It's it's a uh, you know it's Swiss cheese. You'll have it on any sandwich. You'll use it all the time. I'm just saying, just a little bit of cheese. George Fox, good luck in your future radio, guys. Thanks for all your insight to the team for all of us. You're welcome. We're not going anywhere though, guys. In case you're getting in here late. And by the way, Michaela heading to Florida for a week. Enjoy your vacation. We will miss you. I also will be gone starting on Thursday for two weeks. I won't be on the pod. Zach will be holding it down. Scott will be helping him out a lot. Zach will be holding it down though while I'm gone. And then when I return that very next week, July, we ramp things back up with the podcast, the Mile High Huddle podcast, and we debut our radio show on Mile High Sports in Denver. It's going to be a gas. 
Yeah, I appreciate you, George. And uh, I have Adam Kern uh, coming at me over my Melvin Gordon comments. I never painted Melvin as selfish, Adam. I said he sounded defensive in his comments in his press conference today. And I saw that you said uh, he's a competitor, Melvin Gordon is. He's such a competitor. That's why he skipped all of voluntary OTAs. And when he was asked about coming to mandatory minicamp, what did he say? I don't want to help my team win. I don't want to be there for my, my teammates. He said, I'm just there so I don't get fined, pretty much. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get fined. I don't know that I, I, a lot of words you can use to describe about Melvin Gordon competitor though. Yeah. A loose definition. There's, there's something about him that feels very mercenary. You know what I mean? Like uh fortune soldier of fortune type thing. Not so much what's good for the goose, good for the gander. It's about, there's no eye in team. It, he's looking out for him and look, that's fine. As long as you get the job done on game days, that's fine. Um, Former players, you know, that I've talked to about voluntary versus mandatory, you know, Rod Smith, for example, Denver Broncos ring of fame legend should be in the pro football hall of fame. Never missed a voluntary day ever. There's a reason why he's in a ring of fame. There's a reason why people talk about him as a hall of fame player. There's a reason he's got a couple of these. It's that kind of a mindset is, individual dedication, individual commitment to the grind, which trickles down overall in a massively beneficial way to the team. There's no I in team, but there's an I in Melvin. And I think he, uh, he exemplifies that. And you know what? He can be a mercenary all he wants. If he helps the Broncos win, if he gets in the end zone, he doesn't fumble or cost the Broncos game. Say la vie. I'm all good. Um, Scott, if you think it's as long as the algo bots aren't going to get us, I don't know. Is it from the podium? Okay, here we go. Russell Wilson before Sierra. Kind of, hey, what's up? Alone, minding his own biz. Oh, and uh, kind of dressed like a, like a dad now with Sierra. He's all dappered out for people who are listening after the fact. Yes, indeed. He should. He should. Absolutely. Well, did Good you stuff. see who, who he was with at the draft? I'm not going to shame anyone, but the picture went pretty viral. It's a meme now of his uh, former, I don't know if he, she was his fiance, wife, girlfriend, but just like screaming in his face because he got drafted. I think he divorced her a ex-wife. year later, ex-wife, yeah. and uh, got with Sierra. So I think that was an upgrade. Michael Ronquillo, upgrading the conversation right. as it were. Thanks, Thank you, bro. Wife. Appreciate that. He says, great show. On the Mile High Huddle, let's ride and go Broncos. Seriously, brother, your generosity sometimes leaves me speechless. I love you. I appreciate you down in Tucson, big dog. Hopefully, you can find your way up to the meet and greet week three. Who knows? Maybe you end up as the name that gets drawn from the raffle. After uh, June, July, August, we're going to take the top five cumulative finishers on Super Chat. Their names go into a hat draw one out we're going to do this on facebook as well and we're going to roll out the red carpet for the meet and greet all you would have to do is get yourself there and we'll provide a ticket to the game we'll provide lodgings in denver and of course we will chaperone you around uh, it'll be fun during the meet and greet hang out with us all day long and you know what mike even if it's not you that wins i don't know who's going to win that's all up to chance and and how the competition shakes out but i hope you try and find a way to the meet and greet dude it'll be fun yeah, thank you, Michael, for sure. And I see a question from Robot of Doom on Twitch that I want to get to. We have a few minutes left, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Robot asks, what division besides the West, the AFC West, will you will be the one you guys will be tuned into the most? And I'm thinking about that while you were talking. And you mm-hmm. can make the case for any division. You know, the AFC East, I'm pretty intrigued by because Buffalo seems like the clear-cut winner, but are the Jets going to be better in year two under Zach Wilson? Um, the Patriots with Mac Jones. And the Dolphins with Tua and Tyreek Hill now, I'm, I'm just going through the divisions in my head. You can make the case or storylines for all of them, like the AFC North. Kenny Pickett with the Steelers taking over for Big Ben. How is Joe Burrow going to respond after the Super Bowl? Uh, Lamar Jackson playing in what might be a contract year, or he might get a big contract. And uh, and whoever is quarterbacking the Browns and Deshaun Watson's likely absence when he gets suspended. Dude, again, tried to tell – I hate to be that guy. Told you so, Browns. But, like, people are wondering, why not just trade for him? This is exactly the worst-case scenario coming to fruition. Why you avoid him. Why he should have remained 
toxic no go do not pass go i don't get it but baker mayfield he'll probably end up the guy with the last laugh um but yeah that's why you know like brandon mcmanus said last week the nfl is king and it prints money because the storylines are always compelling parody reigns supreme as you just said so many interesting and intriguing storylines uh, to look forward to this year. Zach, you want to uh, grab the super chat? All right, we got the queen blessing us with her presence. So good to see you, Christy. Thank you so much. $20 super. Thank you once again. You know we love you. She says, good luck dabbling in radio, guys. We all know it'll be awesome. Thank you for your support, Christy. You know you know, firsthand how appreciative we are, how grateful we are. We love you. Thank you so much. Yep, hope we see you at the meet and greet again. She came out for last year's. Hope to see you this year as well, Christy. Thank you. And hope you've enjoyed your summer and will continue to enjoy your summer. The Duchess also throwing down a super chat. Uh, super chat. Pardon me. She says, we'll miss the guys in the pod for a week. We'll try to pop in. Hey, it's all good. You go enjoy your vacation. You know, get some R&R. Recharge those batteries. I just said batteries. Recharge those batteries and get ready for and geared up for what is going to be just a fun, fun football season. Just curious, Michaela, what part of Florida? Because I'm, uh, I'm from there, so always interested when people go back now. Northern, Central, Southern, let me know. But guys, thank you for tuning in to what is now known as the Mile High Huddle Podcast. We're, uh, we're stoked for all the new developments and the way MHH continues to grow and evolve. The new shows on, on the channel for the podcast from Beckoning the Broncos to Legends of Mile High to MHI moving over to Wednesday nights. And that's going to continue to evolve. And then Zach and I jumping into radio starting in July on Mile High Sports Radio, and we're still just scratching the surface. Thanks to you all. And remember, one last thing. I This is the last time you guys are going to see me until maybe June 30th. That night I might be able to, Thursday night I might be able to pop in, but probably until first show in July. So keep coming back. Zach's going to hold down the fort. You know this, and I'll see you guys soon. Anyone who remembers the old 24-7 Facebook Live days will have that at least one day this week on Thursday. More than likely, it'll be the Zach Solo Show. But that was the Mile High Huddle Podcast. It's going to be weird to start saying that from now on. Chad, I'll have to get used to it. Rewire my brain. Twitter handle still the same, though. Still the same. So follow us on Twitter uh, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter. That remains the same at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFO. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, huddleuppod.com. Get your merch on as soon as you can, as soon as you want to. It's all right there. And Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod, like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-state five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if anything, as you see taking below you, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Um, I can't. It's the back end of Facebook for some reason right now is being... I need to do the shout-outs. There we go. There it is. Hold on. I'm going to give the shout-outs for tonight, our great supporters on Facebook. Tim Hoffman throwing down like a boss, big time. Jacob Foster throwing down like a boss. Phil McLaughlin, Gary Leach Palmer, and George Fox. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And then our great Super Chat superstars tonight, the ladies first, Christy, Michaela. We got Michael throwing down. We got Naj throwing down. We got Kevin throwing down. Darren, uh, Kenny Booker throwing down. So much love and respect to you guys. We appreciate that. Seriously, especially this time of year, as slow as it is, it all adds up, helps keep the lights on. So have a great rest of your week, guys, because I'm signing off for the week. And don't forget to check out Broncos for Breakfast on the Bright. You get Building the Broncos tomorrow night, Wednesday morning, beckoning the Broncos with Kim Becker. Wednesday night, Mile High Insiders with Luke and Nick. And then Broncos for Breakfast Thursday morning. Zach holding it down for the Mile High Huddle podcast Thursday night. And I'll see you guys probably 1st of July. Chad, have a great vacation. The rest of y'all have a great week. I'll see you Thursday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031 22.